Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. Is Nuwana's now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Did you know that all you have to do to buy a house in Montana is to save up a million dollars cash? <laughs> if you know, you know. It's the latest of the uh, the rage that's filling up my Twitter timeline. Uh, but I digress. No time for any of that. Welcome back. Nuwana's now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. I try to make jest of the the housing crisis that exists in western montana only because i just find it so mind-bending and i think it's just really really uh i think it's really 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 an issue and uh, i hope that we can find some solutions uh but i also remain confident that we will be able to find some solutions missing thing in the first hour of the show we talked uh, nfl division winners we talked uh, AFC and NFC favorites. We also talked to Tyler Walker, the tight ends coach for the Montana State Bobcats, and we kept going through our concerns, pressing concerns for both Montana and Montana State uh, on the football field. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Coming up in about half an hour, we have Brenton Hansford. He's a incoming recruit to the University of Montana. Andrew Houghton caught up with him uh, a little while back, so we'll play that interview for you. But right now, uh, my brother, Brooks Nuanas, co-founder of Skyline Sports, coming up. Before that, though, baseball tickets. We have one more pair to tomorrow night's game. Uh, the Missoula Paddleheads down there at uh, Ogren Park. Call right now, 406 406- 888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call number three. We got that last pair for you. 888-1029. ESPN Roundtable, live from the road. I guess recorded from the road, but you're listening to it here during the 5 o'clock hour on Nuanez Now. But we're joined on the Rangers Brothers RV phone line earlier during this Wednesday by Brooks Nuanez, co-founder of Skyline Sports. Uh, my partner there at Skyline for almost a decade now. Pretty crazy. We've been doing it for almost 10 years now. Cover the Big Sky Conference, Montana, Montana State, and the rest of the league. And uh, always great to have Brooks on, whether it's ESPN Radio or uh, the Big Sky Breakdown. Uh, where are you in the world? You're on the highways and byways of Montana as much as anybody. Where, where are you at right now on the planet Earth? You know, I'm somewhere between Drummond and Clinton, and I'm headed to Phillipsburg, Montana. Love Peberg. Peberg's sweet. Uh, Peberg's got all sorts of stuff going on. I heard the pizza place there is for sale. I wish I had the money because I'd buy it. One of the best pizza places in Montana. There's a lot for sale. There's actually, you know, one of the mercantiles recently sold. There's a new tap house, ale house. It's doing dinner and and, uh, and and a nice wine program. So, yeah, Phillipsburg has grown tremendously in the last three or four years for sure. Well, let's talk some uh, Big Sky Conference stuff. Um, first of all, I have talked ad nauseum just about the, the state of college football right now, the realignments, uh, the potential continued fracturings, what that all means for Montana, Montana State, the Big Sky Conference, and, and everything in between. What's your perception on it? I mean, what, what have you thought of just the dominoes that have fallen over the last couple of weeks? Well, I think it's really good, obvious, obviously, like instant content for – Shows like this and people who love to talk about sports, it really, you know, it, it really mixes it up 
in a way that even if you don't like it, it is new, it is intriguing, it is interesting. The main point I have on it, which I probably am borrowing from someone out there in the lexicon, is is that this isn't new, that, that, that there has been restructuring of conferences and alignment of programs trying to not only better themselves, but their, their image and their institution by aligning with a different um, school that has something similar or with similar goals. That's not new. That's been happening in basketball and football for, you know, the last 75 years or so. So in that sense, I'd like to see where the dust settles before I really give my opinion. But overall, I mean, money wins, right? Like I, it's not surprising to someone like me who's in, in college football all the time. It's, it's a huge part of my life. Um, so from that perspective, I'm not surprised. Um, I am very interested to see what happens to football in the Western United States as we talk about extensively, because there only three Division One conferences with the Pac-12, what used to be the Pac-12, the Mountain West, and the Big Sky Conference, which we are heavily involved in. Those three are uh, a large footprint with, what, maybe about 35, 40 total schools, um, which make up 180, maybe 200-plus schools that play Division One football, uh, maybe even more. Only 40 of them reside in the West. So I really am interested to see what happens out here on our side of the, uh, of the great United States. Yeah, I think the number is roughly about 40 because you have the, the 12 Pac-12 schools, but now, you know, Eight of them no longer in the Pac-12. You got 14 in the Mountain West. You got 12 in the Big Sky. And then you have a couple of the other ones that are sort of in this this uh, de facto whack, like Utah Tech and a couple of those Texas schools. But, yeah, I mean, it's only, you know, three dozen plus, basically, uh, in terms of the, the schools out West. And I think that's why we've been talking about it so much because I, I do think that the dominoes across the board are probably most going to affect – the schools out west, just because some of the schools out west, like Washington, Oregon, um, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, they've decided that regionality no longer matters as much. Hence, why they're joining leagues that are not even close to in their regions. But some of the other schools, I think, regionality has to matter, both from a budget perspective and just from a, a sort of branding and prestige perspective. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, how it all plays out. Uh, I know, like you say, you kind of want to see the dust settle before you really give an opinion about this, but is there a, a dream conference for you, for the Cats or the Grizz, uh, moving forward? Well, yeah, I mean, I've always loved the idea of, of Montana, Montana State, kind of linking with the, with the Dakota schools and then adding in some, some high-altitude Rocky Mountain schools, you know, like, like Wyoming or Boise State or Air Force and you know, some it makes sense to keep it regional if, if you're not playing at the very, 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 very highest level. Um, so for me, I mean, I think that's a beautiful conference. I don't see why if everyone's going to get to just, you know, pick up and leave and do whatever they, they choose, why someone like North Dakota State who's obviously getting left out, looking on the outside in of somewhere like the Big 12, why they wouldn't want to link with brands like Montana, Montana State have built. Um, so for me... It makes sense regionally as well. It makes sense with recruiting territories and travel and all those things. I don't ever see it happening per se because I think that it'll be very hard for those institutions to align their goals and to see each other as peers um, when it's been quite an arms race in the FCS for some time. But to me, the big sky needs to maybe shed some some, uh, not full-time members from California schools that don't play full-time. I'm happy to have him in, in the big sky, and I think it is a fun mix, but 
what does it look like when they're not full-time members, when they're just football members? And, and what, what, what does that create as far as regionality and rivalries and all the stuff that we're actually wanting and looking for in college football? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, Colton, but I would love to see uh, South Dakota State, North Dakota State play with Cats and Greers every year. That should be fun. That's our uh, sort of eternal debate here. My, myself and Justin Angle have been talking about that exact element quite a bit, and that is that sort of the, some some of the pundits, especially the ones from from, the, from big metro areas, say, "Well, Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, they don't have the media markets to be attractive to be invited into one of these big leagues because the the the, the leagues want a TV market. They want the Sacramento's and and you know Flagstaffs of the world, not the you know Missoula's and Bozeman's of the world." But the eternal debate is that. Well, uh, can brand and prestige outweigh the actual total size of a media market? I think it can. I think the Grizz have, at the worst, a regional brand, if not a national brand. And I think the Bobcats are the same. So, you know, maybe having less, quote-unquote, people in these media markets, but also, you know, if you're going to get the Montana schools in your TV network, you're going to have half, if not more, of the population of the state watching every Saturday. So, So you're getting such a huge part of a region and uh, an area, and I think that that could be beneficial. Brooks Nuan is joining us here uh, on our ESPN Roundtable. It's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula, talking all things SCS and Big Sky Conference football. We could go on and on about conference realignment forever, but I want to talk about these specific teams because n- nothing's happening when it comes to Montana, Montana State right now in terms of conference realignment. So let's just concentrate on this year. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a good year. I think the Big Sky has completely stratified itself. I think there's six teams in the league that could absolutely make the playoffs, and I think five will. And I think that there's six teams in the league that they have no chance of making the playoffs. And I think that uh, with the exception of maybe Eastern Washington, if they caught lightning in a bottle, I don't really think that there's uh, anybody else that could rise up and get into that top six. I do think that Montana State, Weber State, Idaho, Sac State, are all absolutely uh, playoff contenders. Weber State's right there, as is UC Davis, so it'll be fun to see uh, it all play out. To you, Brooks, what, what are the, some of the, the primary storylines in the year in the season this year, and uh, what do you think of sort of this, this continued stratification of the league? Well, I do think that five teams could definitely win the league, which is, which is unique, and that's, that has been kind of the trend the last couple of years, the big sky moving towards a little bit more top-heavy, but some real serious talent in that top four, five, six teams, as you mentioned, Colton. So I think that's probably one of the more interesting storylines. Is at the end of the year, Colton, there there won't be five teams that are undefeated, right? And the last month of the season is really kind of the nuts and bolts and the the, the meat of that of how you win a conference championship is in November. We'll see some teams fall out before that, and that's so interesting to me especially someone who's kind of a kid on the block or maybe returning to prominence in a team like Idaho. I'm so fascinated to see if they can continue to, to, to catch lightning in a bottle and, and play with a hot hand. Seems like culture's established. They have a few star players returning, um, and, 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 and they have leadership. I mean, I think Coach Jason Eck has done a really good job there. Um, so I'm so interested to see what, if Idaho can really push kind of the traditional members as they return and really settle back in the big sky after some time in independent FBS um, and some time in the Sun Belt. And also, I'm so interested to see if Sacramento State can continue to kind of, you know, live in the shadows, live on the West Coast, live outside of the Rocky Mountains where everyone's talking about the hype and the buzz of of Montana, Montana State, Idaho. Well, you still got to deal with Sac State. And they've they've proven they can recruit. 
they've proven they can win at a high level. They're putting guys in the NFL, and everyone's like, well, it's just Sac State. It's like, they're a real problem, and I think they will continue to be. I'm so interested to kind of see Idaho, Sac State, where they line up, and then all, all, obviously two Montana schools, see if the Grizz can finally make that push. They've been really right on the edge there. Losing three, four games a season is not going to get you a conference championship or propel you into a national prominence um, on a national championship run either. What you just said is one of the most fascinating dynamics to me at the Big Sky Conference. It's it's our ESPN roundtable here on ESPN Radio. Brooks Nuanez joining me, Coulter Nuanez, talking all things Big Sky Conference football. To, to me, last year, the number one storyline around the Grizz was how do they handle the pressure of being the, the preseason favorites. This year, that's a similar storyline for the Cats. How do they handle the pressure of being one of the, one of the top-ranked teams in the preseason in the country? Idaho, how do they handle the pressure of, of people knowing what's coming now and sort of having a target on their back? For whatever reason, well, there's a lot of reasons. I think part of it's media market. I think part of it's fan base. I think part of it's tradition. Sac State doesn't have that same pressure, and I think you're right. That has been a huge advantage for them. I mean, we're, we're always talking about the pressure cooker of the big sky. For whatever reason, Sac State's just outside of that, and I think it's a huge advantage for them. Yeah, I mean, they're recruiting big-time players out of California who I think are playing at a high level in high school, and they're transitioning to a, one of the largest state schools in, 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 the, in the state, and, and they have great coaching. I mean, they did a fantastic job there. Moved on to Stanford. I mean, Andy Thompson is a, a guy who's been around the Big Sky Conference his entire life and a guy that I think you and I both have a lot of respect for as far as his coaching prowess and, and, and his ability to, to build culture. So, Jack State's nothing to, nothing to mess with, man. I mean, they got dudes. They, they have guys, like I said, they had a guy, you know, they had a, a safety playing linebacker drafted in the third round this last year. Uh, Jerome Bland was there for starting quarterback for the Cowboys. I mean, they're putting guys in the NFL. They have serious talent. So, nothing to mess with there at Jack State. I mean, that's the thing. I voted for multiple Sac State guys on my preseason All-Big Sky team with uh, a relatively limited knowledge of them because I'm like, okay, they're at Sac State, and Sac State's recruiting better than most of the schools in the Big Sky. I mean, I think that's as, as simple as it gets. You can talk about Troy Taylor's offensive play calling and Andy Thompson's defensive acumen and the culture and all that. But at the end of the day, the reason Sac State's won three straight Big Sky titles is they got better players than everybody else. Yeah, you know one thing I love, Coulter, is when you get some California kids and you're playing in warm weather – you know, you're playing in 80 degrees every darn game. You know what really is functional? The kicking game. They got field goal kickers. They got punters. They're playing well on special teams. They kind of have the whole package. You know, they have depth throughout the program. I think it's really, you know, it's it's about time to see a California school, one of the, the non-full-time members at, per, per se. Uh, Davis has gone on some pretty darn good runs too. But when you see Stack State and you see a California school, you see them being successful winning basketball this year. They've seen successful in men's basketball throughout the years. Um, and then you see football start to really come along. It, it makes total sense. Uh, how about how about Weber State? Because uh, uh, Weber had the same stalwart head coach for nine seasons in Jay Hill. I think he's the uh, unquestioned best coach in Weber State history. And they had such a defined identity under him. Now they, they transitioned to an offensive guy in Mickey Mental, who's made his career as an OC and an offensive-oriented head coach. But they still have... Recruiting class after recruiting class of Jay Hill guys stacked up on on the roster. So the roster looks, to me, very similar to what Weber's looked like for a decade. Uh, and just a different style of the, the head man in charge. So how do you expect that transition to go? I am. It, it is the one team that, you know, it, a, a betting man would say, I'm not betting on right now. I, I, I got to see it first. I have really no idea what Mickey Mantle, Mantle will bring to the table 
obviously, as you mentioned, Fulter, an offensive mind where it's been such a kind of a defensive-driven program. Um, the other thing that would be concerning from a, uh, a player perspective is this day and age kids leave. The transfer portal is open, man. It's open 365, it feels like. So you got to assume that people that came and wanted to play for Jay Hill, if it's a completely opposite um, philosophy, that you got to assume that some people on that roster will, will decide to move on. So those two things, the uncertainty or kind of the unknown at head coach, as well as what kind of roster turnover will there be, um, kind of leaves me in the dark with Weaver State. So I'd, I'd kind of bump them down more toward the bottom of that top tier, um, just waiting to kind of see what they look like on the field. The one thing they got going for them is they have the most favorable schedule of the contenders. They open up with the Cats in in Ogden uh, for Big Sky play, but they don't play the Grizz. They don't play Sac State, so that could be uh, beneficial for Weber as well. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's our ESPN Roundtable uh, here on this Wednesday. Uh, let's get back to the, the Montana schools. We'll start... With Montana State, they're the uh, Big Sky Conference favorites. They're coming off an undefeated run through the league. Uh, they they have tied their school record for wins in back-to-back seasons. There's only been, I believe, four or five 11-win seasons in Montana State history, and three of them have been the last three times they've taken the football field. They won 11 in 2019, 12 in 2021, and 12 again last year. So this is certainly a golden era, if not the golden age, of Bobcat football. What have you been most impressed about? I mean, we've covered the Cats for a long time. They've always been good, but uh, they've been they've been the cream of the crop, the best in the big sky these last several years. What's been the, the key factors? What are the most impressive parts to you about Montana State's rise? No, it's really cut and dry. It's, 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 it's honestly the programs we've been around the most, Coulter, Montana, Montana State, and, and, and then the programs that seem to be leading the nation in South Dakota State and North Dakota State. When those teams are dominant, Coulter, they have one thing in common, and it is extreme physicality. And that is kind of the, the benchmark of the Cats. And that's, that is the easy way to talk about an ambiguous term that we use all throughout the world, but in sports heavily, that's culture. And if your culture is to be physical, it is so easy to promote what you're doing. Here's what it is, guys. Here is the standard. We play with a chip on our shoulder, and we get after people. We are extremely physical. Oftentimes, that comes across as physical on the defensive side of the football. We like to hit people. That's, you know, where the Grizz have always been strong, and then sometimes they've, they've had some, some hiccups on offense. The Cats, the most impressive part, there is the physicality on offense. The ability to get downhill and just absolutely steamroll people. I'm not, I'm not telling... Speaking anything that every listener doesn't already know, the Cats' running game is as elite of a running game that I have ever seen, um, and I don't think that's going to change. So they should be the favorites. They are the favorites, rightfully so, and I don't really see a game on their schedule where they won't be relatively heavy favorites. The run game is so impressive, and their ability to diversify it, and the ability last year to have, I mean, Injuries are a part of every season. If injuries derail your season as an FCS school, it's certainly a crutch to stand on. It's certainly a, a valid excuse. But Montana State has had as many injuries as any team we've ever covered last year. 
from Kagan Williams and Isaiah Fonse, the top two running backs, being unavailable. I mean, Kagan Williams never played a snap at Montana State in a game after transferring from San Diego State. Isaiah Fonse didn't play till the playoffs last year. That's two elite-type running backs that got no run in the regular season. Lane Sumner, Jared White both get hurt early. Garrett Kuhn gets knocked out. And, and the Cats, they just keep on rolling. I mean, they put Marquis Johnson, a converted wide receiver back there, and he goes for 250 yards on the ground. Both quarterbacks got knocked out at some point. Tommy Mallott and Sean Chambers, doesn't matter. They keep on running the ball. Everybody thought the offensive line was going to have some uh, growing pains last year. Not the truth. Uh, they, they came out and were a dominant, dominant unit in a sort of unorthodox fashion with uh, their athleticism and, and being undersized but but super, super explosive and fast and athletic. So, um, I mean, that's the, the, the story so far to me of this Bobcat coaching staff is – you can run what you want, but I think that being flexible to your personnel is so essential. Montana State fundamentally changed their offensive scheme between year one under Brent Vegan and Taylor Housewright and year two. They went from inside zone to outside zone, and they did it so fluidly. I just think this year, with the additions they've made at receiver like Ty McCullough and Laniata Alexander, the renewed health of all those guys in the backfield. You know, plus the addition of some other really talented players. I just think that they, the offense could have a completely different gear because last year the irony is they had so many guys out that they got so many other guys game reps. Well, now they have, what, 10-plus guys at both running back and receiver that have had game reps? I think that just bodes so well for the offensive uh, prowess of Montana State coming into this year. I mean, tons of depth, Colt, but that, that, that's a huge piece of it. And like I talked about, the culture that Montana State has implemented Physicality is, is a, a term that we talk about with strength and, and, and you know, when I, when I mentioned you want to hit people, it also has to do with being prepared and ready. You're ready to go. That's depth. Uh, you talk about eight, ten running backs in a play, ten receivers that have all played in games, and no one's crying about, woe is me, is the ball coming here? Because they know they'll get praise if they go do their job and, and, and be physical and they block. The ball will come to them. The ball will find them. They run so many plays. They run at tempo oftentimes, and they get so many possessions because defensively they've been so strong as well. That the ball just gets to everyone. It just everyone's having fun because everyone gets to touch the ball. Everyone gets to play. Special teams are dynamic. Everyone is prepared and knows that it's game time right now. There is no, man, we had an off week. They're playing at such a high level. That's top to bottom of the roster, and, and that depth piece, piece really shines um, when you get to see that many guys play. The one is now ESPN Radio. It's our ESPN Roundtable here uh, on this Wednesday. All right, let's talk about the Grizz. The Grizz last year, I thought uh, it was given all of the hype, the uh, returning personnel, the star power, um, just the, the narrative around the program. I thought last year was one of the more disappointing years of Grizz football in, in our lifetimes, and certainly I thought the most disappointing year uh, when we were directly covering the team. And uh, a part of me thinks that having that behind them might actually be a huge boost for this Grizz team, having less expectations and and sort of less star power and, and you know, sort of less of this narrative of how they're going to go on this big run. What do you think? I mean, what are, the, what are the next steps for Montana? What do you think of just sort of the dynamic now that the dust has settled after last year uh, was such a at-large disappointment? Yeah, I mean, it's a major disappointment just the way it went down, you know. I mean, such the, the skid after losing to Idaho at home and, and then just, you know, looking like a shell of a team at, at, at times. That, that was obviously a, a, a big hurdle for them. And, um, 
And like you said, both the expectations were high. So this year, it, it is a little different. I think that they are a, a probably a more well-rounded team, um, especially the, the, the depends who's going to play quarterback, right? It's, it's a thing. It's, uh, we talk about quarterback in football a lot, but for, for the Montana Grizzlies, they have a lot of talent on offense. So seeing who the quarterback will be is an important piece of it. But overall, I think it's probably a, a, just a more well-rounded team, like a little less star power and someone like Robbie Houck, and you're getting you know, a couple extra safeties on the field that maybe rotate a little bit more and, you know, you just have a little bit more maybe depth there with guys who are the focal point, which can really help balance out a team. So I think that that is probably a piece of the narrative that I've seen during early fall camp practices. Um, but I also think that it's a good spot for the Grizz to kind of, what are they ranked nationally, 16th? Yeah, 14 like to 16th, to depending on the poll. To continue to kind of each week in, week out, get a win, climb a little bit, get a win, climb a little bit. It's almost like there's a carrot out there rather than, that deep pressure, which I think that most Grizz teams and the program as a whole would welcomely invite the pressure. But I think that this does provide a different element, that especially if you need a spark, good coaches can coach to that. Good coaches can coach to the underdog mentality and with that carrot out there. So I do think that that should be part of the narrative this year. I think it might be, honestly, very a very helpful dynamic for the, for the Montana Grizzlies. What do you expect the biggest strengths to be of this year's Grizz team? Bobby Houck's been touting the offensive line. I do think that if you have multiple senior, multi-year starters on the offensive line and it's not a strength, then that's a huge issue within your program. But they do have you know, seventh-year senior who's a second-year starter at left tackle in Chris Walker. They got a sixth-year senior who's a third-year starter at left guard in Hunter McGinnis. And they got a fifth-year senior who's a third-year starter at center in A.J. Forbes. Uh, and then they got another multi-year starter, Brandon Casey, at right tackle. So if, if that can't be a strength, I think you got issues. Uh, evaluate the offensive line for us, but also what else do you think the strengths of the Grizz could be this year? Well, I like Liam Brown, too, if you stick him at right guard and, and whoever comes fills in that spot. You know, we always say, Colby, you need six offensive linemen. Um, you got to have a sixth man, no doubt, and a seventh and eighth, ideally, which I think the Grizz probably do. I do think it's a, it's a strength of theirs, but they have to do it, right? Like, when you watch them play, or you watch them practice, rather, they do look the part, and, and you see growth, and you do see experience start to show through, but that offensive line, you have to put in a scheme and run the right plays for them to be successful. I think that they have all the chances in the world to do so, um, but otherwise, strengths, Colter, I think that they have as much talent in the receiver and running back room as really anyone around. I mean, I watch receivers go through drills. I'm like, dang, I mean, who are some of these guys looking up roster numbers? Like, they have depth and talent there. I love Aaron Fong. I love Keelan White. I think those guys are really, really talented players. Um, in the running back room, I look at a guy like Eli Gilman, who's probably their fifth running back right now. This looks like a stud to me. Um, so I think that for the, maybe not the first time in a while, but I do think that, the, that those two skill position groups are looking really strong. Um, and then defensively, I think that the linebacker crew, tons of experience, right? You talk about Levi Janicare and Tyler Flink and, and Braxton Hill and, and on down the line, you've got experience and talent at the linebacker, uh, in the linebacker room, which, of course, they're Montana Grizzlies, one of the strongest, most heralded traditions in the entire program. Um, so I think that there's some strength there on defense as well. Brooks Nuanas, SkylineSportsMT.com. You can find him here on Nuanas Now, checking in about the NFL and the Big Sky uh, each week throughout football season, and uh, we appreciate him being here on our ESPN Roundtable this week. Uh, we're we're going to roll into another recording here about the NFL in a minute, but Brooks, thanks for being here on this uh, ESPN Roundtable. 
told her I can't wait to, to hear a stadium rocking and get those initial goosebumps when that first kick goes off because it's a sure special time of year. ESPN Roundtable presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. Paradise Falls, great place to gather with family and friends alike. They have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have food and drink specials going pretty much every day of the week, and they're open all seven days a week. They also have more than 20 big screen TVs to enjoy all the sports on. Go check them out there on the south side of town, 3621 Brook Street, Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hot spot. Let's hear from one of the latest Grizzlies right on the other side. Keep it right here. CSPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Back for yet another year, our brawl of the wild by the mile. Town Pump is going to keep us fueled up all football season long, and we are in turn going to share the good times. Welcome back to On Is Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Wait till I tell you, but coming up in a little bit, we got a $50 gift card for you to Town Pump. You can use it on gas, you can use it on food, snacks, drinks, whatever you want. You can use it on beer if you want. Uh, 50 bucks coming up from Town Pump, part of our Brawl of the Wild by the Mile here uh, in just a little while. We'll do it right after this interview, though. Andrew Houghton caught up with, uh, there's a variety of, of Grizz recruits, and we'll keep kept, catching up with the ones we haven't heard from yet. Uh, but a young man who's an edge rusher out of California, Britton Hansford, is our subject. Any uh, sort of uh, update on this guy? You want to set this up for us? Yeah, he's from, actually, North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina, that's right. Uh, a guy who just moved there, actually, from Olympia, Washington. So that's right, that's right. a guy who's familiar right. with the Pacific Northwest. I saw uh, Justin Green, I saw Justin Green the um, other day. I wanted to ask him what the North Carolina connection was, because they've have a couple. they had a couple guys from North Carolina recently. Uh, yes, that's true. Uh, you'll hear it in, in oh, the great. interview. Great. Let's roll. Rolling into more recruiting coverage here on Nuana is now joining us. All the way from North Carolina, it's edge rusher Brenton Hansford, uh, whose commitment a couple weeks ago kicked off a big weekend of commitments for the Montana Grizzlies. Brenton, first of all, just thanks for taking some time with us. Of course. Uh, let's just start here, man. How's your summer been? Um, I know football season's getting kicked off all around the country, so I imagine you're into that already. But uh, what you been doing this summer? Uh, we've been preparing for the season, most likely. We've just been. Doing a lot of, we started a lot of seminars, seminars not too long ago, just 
training a lot in the weight room, doing speed development, anything we can to give us an advantage when it comes around to the season. Yeah, you're a bit of an interesting one. You're a guy who I guess you used to be living in Olympia, Washington. Now you're down in Asheville, North Carolina. Is this going to be your first season down there? This will be my first season down there. What's the story behind that? Was that just a, a family move or what took you all the way across the country? Well, it was a big time family move. So basically, you know, we I have a baby sister that lives in Georgia because we're from Georgia, but she stayed in Georgia. We moved up to Washington. So... I, it just it got it very expensive having to fly her down every year. So we decided, okay, we don't want to move back to Georgia, but we'll move somewhere closer. So then that's when we chose NC Asheville. How's that been? How are you liking the new town? What's what's Asheville like? I hear it's nice, but I've never really been down there. It's very, very different. I'll tell you that it's very it's way it feels like two different worlds when it comes down from Washington all the way to like down here. It, it feels it's it's definitely more nature here i'll give you that it's definitely more nature here you know you're more likely to see a bear walking around it's just two different worlds if you're getting used to bears you'll fit right in in montana here so brenton hansford class of 2024 edge rusher from Asheville, north carolina joining us here just getting caught up on the recruiting updates here brenton tell me a little bit about your recruitment i mean when did the grizz come in for you when do they start showing interest and, and why'd you pick montana I don't exactly remember when the coach followed me. It was it was the, the coach who started recruiting me first was um, Coach Roger. Roger Cooper, yeah. Yeah, Roger Cooper. Yeah, so I don't, I don't exactly remember when, but, you know, he showed a lot of interest. You know, he got to know me and everything. And around the summer, start of the summer is when he offered me, he offered me a full scholarship. And, you know, that was amazing right there, you know. I didn't know too much about Montana at first, so I started doing, you know, my research and everything. You know, I like I like where they placed when it came down to the rankings with their stuff. You know, they were sending me like how the facilities look and everything like that. And it just it matched to what I wanted. And plus it was up there. I wanted to go and play football back up in the you know, the north. And, you know, they were they were up there, so I really wanted to just come back. Sure, you committed, I think, a couple weeks ago, I'm trying to remember, but just what, what did it feel like making that decision and, and getting things done and sort of settled? That was very stressful. For, I probably stressed over it for a month, you know, because I just wanted to make sure it was the right decision. Like, I knew I wanted to go there, but I wanted to make sure it was the complete right decision, and my family also thought it was the right decision for me. It... A lot, a lot of stress over it, but when it came down to the commitment, you know, I felt like all the stress went away because I was, I was set, I was set and ready to go. What clinched the decision for you? I mean, what, what took the stress away for you in the end? Definitely the FaceTime call. He showed me. He actually like we did a virtual tour, and the facility and everything was huge. I loved it. It was so advanced. It, it was so, so advanced, and like you know. It, it was just amazing. It was better than my uh, other offer at State. So. Brenton Hansford, class of 2024, edge rusher, recent commitment to the Montana Grizzlies from all the way down in Asheville, North Carolina, joining us here just for a little update on his recruitment. Brenton, I guess the last thing would be just tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, what kind of player are you? What are you going to bring here to Missoula? For myself, 
a more of a linebacker at the end. I like to play both. I don't like I don't like to feel trapped and just be in one position. I like to be all over the field, you know. I would love to get as much playing time as I can, you know. Obviously I'll bring a relentless effort when it comes down to the field and, you know, off the field, you know, when it comes down to academics, everything like that. Just being a big role. What do you like to do off the field? What I like to do off the field, well, if we were talking to Washington, you know, I'll be with my family and stuff like that. But since, you know, we came here, we're still, it, it's been a little while. But, you know, I've been in the film, you know, I've been trying to, you know, stay on top of these teams when it comes down to North Carolina because the competition here is very good. And also, that's another thing. I'm a big competitor. I love the competition. So, you know, when I usually have my off time, I'm either in the film or I'm looking up things that just make me better as a person or, you know, on the field. Brenton Hansford, recent commit to the Montana Grizzlies, sounds like he'll fit in well up here in Missoula when he gets here uh, next year in 2024. Picked the Grizz over an offer from App State as well, so he had some interest on the East Coast. Brenton, anything else that you wanted to just mention while I've got you? I'm just ready to go. I have nothing else. I'm just ready. Sounds good, man. Thanks for taking the time today. Good luck this fall season. We're looking forward to seeing you up here in, uh, in Montana next year. Yes, sir. Ready to roll. Uh, the excitement, one of the best moments of your life, certainly when you you pick your college choice. So congratulations to Brent Hansford and all the other uh, recruits that are incoming uh, to the state of Montana, for, especially ones from out of state that get to experience Montana for the first time. It's always fun. And uh, we'll keep kept, catching up with future Grizz, future Bobcats here uh, on Nuanas Now. How about some free gasoline? That sounds pretty good. Uh, we got 50 bucks from Town Pump. It's part of our Brawl of the Wild by the Mile. We'll be doing it all Football season long. Every Wednesday, we'll be giving you a chance to win 50 bucks, courtesy Uptown Pump. You can use the gift card on gas. You can use it on whatever you want. All you got to do is call us right now. Call number 5 406 888 1029. That's 888 1029. Call right now. Call number 5 50 bucks to Town Pump. Get you set up for the rest of the week right after this. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Missed anything in today's show, you can always find it on the podcast. Just search N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you there. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Nuwana's Now Podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see if there's fiber available in your area. No Out Podcast, also presented by the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Breaking news during the show. Not unexpected, though. Platko Andonovsky has stepped down as the manager of the United States women's national team. That's World Cup soccer news. I, I, I was thinking about this. I was trying to put this like into perspective. Because we, we've talked about it, but I wanted like some parallels, some analogies for how big of an upset it was the United States didn't w- win the Women's World Cup and in fact only won one match at the Women's World Cup. So I'm going to throw a couple out there at you, Andrew. Is the women's United States women's national team in soccer going one and done in the knockout stage? 
is that akin to like if the Kansas City Chiefs went three and fourteen this year? Uh, no, it, it's much less shocking than that. <laughs> okay, I mean, they, they mostly made it because the of the knockouts. sport they play, right? What? Well, and partly just because of the the sport they play too, right? Yeah, I, I mean, mean you, you got you know maybe maybe one score in the entire game. Yeah, a lot more right. randomness introduced there. It would be like, uh, I mean, it'd be like if the Chiefs went. Nine and eight, eight and nine, yeah, whatever, right, and missed right, the playoffs. Right. Uh, like, let's say Montana State football. The uh, let's go South Dakota State, the defending national champs. They return everybody. They were fourteen and one last year. If South Dakota State missed the playoffs, is that more shocking or less shocking than this? I would say, man, college football kind of has a little bit of that randomness just because how much the rosters change from year to year. For sure. I'd say that'd still be more shocking. I mean, look, I've been saying it the entire time. The world is catching up to the United States in women's no soccer. No doubt. No doubt. And I also think that this was... I know nothing about this compared to you, but what I do know about just the broad nature of sports is that when you've been the front runner for 30 years... It's inevitable that people are going to catch up with you, but then you also always have this bridge to cross. This this group that is the veteran group on this team has been the stars of this team for more than a decade. At some point, you got to move on to the next generation. At some point, that transition is a little bit clunky. I think that's where this team is at. The the most household name on the the, the two most household names on this team, Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan. I, I think everybody would agree that's being objective about it. Rapino's best days are behind her. And I was listening to a podcast about Alex Morgan or with statistics about Alex Morgan. I mean, in reality, she hasn't been an elite striker on the national stage for several World Cups in a row. Now, she's one of the most marketable female athletes in the world. She's certainly uh, got a huge brand, but but the production just hasn't been there either. So I, I just think that there's a bridge to cross. And uh, now... In the breaking news of today, they're going to do it with a new coach. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something there. I think that uh, you know when injuries contributed to this. Yeah. You know, Rose Lavelle wasn't able to be at a hundred percent for this tournament, but I think all of the the most recognizable names on this team were either in their last World Cup or their first or their first that's World right. Cup. That's right. And and that's just a little bit of a little bit of a missing generation. Little bit of injuries. I mean, uh, Mallory. Uh, Pew used to be Pew, now Mallory Swanson, right? Because she married Dansby Swanson, uh, was hurt this year, couldn't make it to the tournament at all. She's somebody who's who's young, but was at least on that 2019 team. Yeah. Uh, so it was just you know, Vladko Andonovsky was not able to bridge that generation gap with any kind of success, and I think rightfully so resigning after the tournament. He just wasn't able to get his lineups right. He wasn't able to get his tactics right. And like I said, team that was hurt by some injuries and a team that was hurt by some bad luck on the field. Uh, but I think it's good that U.S. women's soccer going into a new era. Well, I think that they... One of the main narratives was how much can the the super prodigious young talent on this roster help them? And like you mentioned... There were such sparing substitutions that a lot of those young girls didn't really even get to a chance to get their feet wet. So now there's another four-year cycle before that comes back around. So it seems like, though, now 
the United States women's national team is almost certainly going to move on from some of these veteran players. And so I think a, a new coach, new manager is a great thing because now you can have that, that continuity. The, the whole sort of organization can grow together. That's exactly right. And that's why it's so interesting uh, who they will bring in now on the women's side. It's got to be somebody, I think, who who has already worked with that younger generation, right? Who yeah. already has some familiarity with those players that we saw this tournament. Sophia Smith, Naomi Girma, Trinity Rodman, et cetera, et cetera, who has some cachet with with them because that's going to be the story for the next four years is, okay, the old generation has has been swept away completely here. Yeah. The new generation's coming up. It's going to be their team now. You're going to see a ton of stories written about that. Yes. Uh, so, so I think that um, you need somebody who has some familiarity with that younger generation. Two more notes from the National Waiver Wire. First of all, Jonathan Taylor, who is the uh, all-pro running back for the Indianapolis Colts, that situation remains tenuous at best. He's been in a contract standoff with the Colts, and then today he departed training camp once again. The team said in a statement that camp uh, that, that Taylor left camp to attend to a personal matter, and he had permission from the club. That said, when this is going on, during a contract dispute, it doesn't look good. It's pretty clear to me this is a pretty cut-and-dry issue. Jonathan Taylor wants to get paid before he gets worn out, and he knows if he stays with the Colts in this current iteration after they just named 21-year-old Anthony Richardson as their starting quarterback, he has a much higher chance of getting worn out because they're going to ride him big time to help out their rookie quarterback. So uh, that saga continues. The Colts are not expected to be a playoff contender this year, but without uh, Jonathan Taylor, they're certainly going to be nowhere close to a playoff contender, I think. So that saga is certainly one to follow. Also could have ramifications in your fantasy football leagues. Jonathan Taylor, a popular pick among tailbacks. Where is he going to play? I actually think he's a good fantasy pick if he stays in Indy because he's going to get a lot of touches, and Indianapolis has a good offensive line. So I don't know. We'll see. But that's certainly something that's going to affect a lot of your fantasy leagues out there. The other one, and I know I'm totally drinking the Kool-Aid right now, and I probably sound like a hypocrite because I have not necessarily dogged this guy as much as Carolyn has, but Carolyn Tickles in all sports, one of her favorite pieces of fodder is Aaron Rodgers, and I certainly uh, play along in the shtick of uh, making fun of him. I can't believe how impressed I've been with him in the first two episodes of Hard Knocks. I know there's a propaganda element to it. The NFL wants the New York Jets to be the most popular hot team in the league. It's the New York media market. It's good for the league if Aaron Rodgers is super popular and in a big market. So I get that they're you know splicing it up and making him look even cooler than maybe he already is. But I have watched every. I think I think this is true. I think I have watched every single episode of Hard Knocks that's ever been made. I love Hard Knocks. It's one of my favorite shows that's ever been put on television. In the twenty three seasons of Hard Knocks. Aaron Rodgers is the single best thrower of the football I've ever seen. Put his personality aside, put the propaganda aside. The dude throws absolute freaking pills. It's unbelievable. Even after just coming off the heels of watching quarterback where Patrick Mahomes is the best in the world, it doesn't even matter. Aaron Rodgers is one of one. He is so elite all day when he's throwing the ball in camp, practice, all of it. So I'm high. I'm buying on the Jets right now. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Skyla Cisco in studio for our Where Are They Now series. And Carolyn Tigos, No Sports. We'll see you then. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Colter Nuan is from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. 
Proud to present our Nuana is Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Yeah, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just want to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.